You're listening to Family Petals, the podcast for people questioning the status quo and living life a little bit differently. I'm your host, Sarah Copper. Happy New Year, listeners. I am excited to be back with a new episode. When I heard Bill Brodegaard's story, I knew he would be the perfect guest for the first episode of the year. He and his family are about three quarters of the way through their bike year, where they have committed to being car-free for one year in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I love how he frames the project as an adventure for his family. I hope their story inspires you to think about fun ways your family can experiment with lifestyle changes as we start off 2018. Bill, welcome to Family Petals. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. I was really inspired when I heard your story and the ways in which you've created this experiment and project that we're going to talk more about and have sort of gamified this idea of going car-free for a year. (laughs) But before we go into the details of that project, why don't you just give us a general introduction to who you are and who's in your family? Excellent. Yeah. So that's my wife, Stephanie, and I, and we have three kids. So Grant is six. Darcy is four, and Lewis is about one and a half. And uh, we live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is is warm half the year, and then it's freezing cold the other half the year. (laughs) Well, tell us about the bike year and what that is and how you got the idea to do this. Yeah. Well, you know, I have never consistently driven a car to work. For example, um, all through college, I didn't have a car when I met Steph. She had a car. I didn't have a car. And I I never really wanted to spend the money to buy another car. So I just kind of had one. Mm -hmm. And then after a very short while, uh, Steph got pretty excited about cycling as well. And so the car ended up just kind of sitting in our driveway for long periods of time. And then we had our first child. And then we started driving quite a bit. I mean, I still rode bikes to work, but having a car was very, very convenient. And then after we had Lewis, so Lewis would be our third child, I felt like we weren't having as much adventure as I wanted to have. And so Steph came up with the idea of getting rid of our car and just uh, riding bikes around for a year. And I thought that was a great idea. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. And so we got rid of our car. We're about three quarters of the way through our bike year right now. and and. Uh, It's going pretty well. It's actually going really well. I love that idea of how something that you're doing every day and just getting from place to place can be an adventure, that it doesn't have to be this big trip or this thing that you're doing that you're building up to and then just doing for a short period of time. But it's something you're really incorporating that concept of adventure into the everyday. In our case, it couldn't be a big trip because we had three kids. And and so, you know, we're really kind of limited in the crazy things we can do. And so this one, just kind of getting rid of a car and, and just riding bikes around, this was something that we could do that would allow 2017 to stand out to us and have this year be a, a year that we can remember. I love that. And it's a great way to flip the script that from the outside, it can often seem that if you're not using a car, that that's some sort of sacrifice that you're making, but that you really turned it around into a positive of how could this become something memorable and exciting for our family. Exactly right. Yeah. And then it's it's kind of funny, you know, I was talking with one of my friends 
and he was like 50 years old or something. And I was kind of boasting a little bit to him. I was like, hey, John, we got rid of our car. And he was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I've never had a car, you know. <laughs> and so when Steph and I talk about, oh, what kind of a sacrifice we're doing or, wow, this is a tremendous thing that we're doing, it's not really, not a, not a tremendously amazing thing. It's just a, it's just a thing. It's just a, a, a fun way of getting around and, and a way to have an adventure together. What have your kids thought about the project and what were their reactions? Well, Grant was a little apprehensive at first. He, uh, he liked the, you know, liked having a car. And so he talked to us a couple times and he said, are, are you, do you think we should get rid of our car or do you think we should just get a, a fancy bike and then just have the car just to be safe? And, uh, and so we would explain to him, no, it's good because if we, if we had a car, then we'd probably use it and we, we want to go out and have this adventure, have no car. And, and Grant was, uh, you know, at the start of it, extremely apprehensive. And I think he's, I think he's fine with it now. So what have been the biggest changes then for you? Because you were already doing a lot of biking before. So were there new purchases that had to be made or new setups that had to come into place in order for you to make this switch? Yeah, well, like you mentioned, we'd done quite a bit of cycling before. When I met Steph, she didn't ride or hadn't ridden all that much. And, uh, and so, you know, we got her a bicycle and then we just started riding around all over the place. And then we actually rode bikes across the United States. We rode from Astoria, Oregon to Virginia Beach, Virginia. So we kind of had that biking culture already. We kind of knew, you know, we knew our way around a bicycle. But we did have to make a special purchase to get a cargo bike, the Yuba Spicy Curry. It was an electric assist cargo bike. So that was the big purchase that we made. And I guess it's not been a big shift or big change for me because I continue to ride my bike to work. But it was a big change for Steph because all of a sudden she couldn't just throw the kids in the car and go. There's a little bit more of a production to get everybody out the door. But I, th I think that the, having the electric assist on the cargo bike has, been, has made it a lot easier. Before you'd arrive at a location, you know, just sweaty and, and a little bit disheveled because it takes a lot to pull a bike. Um, but with the electric assist, it's, it's no problem. You know, you just go and, and the bike takes care of it. So certainly a game changer, making, making it possible, that's for sure. I have a friend who describes it as the no excuses bike, <laughs> that it removes a lot of the reasons that you would say, oh, I can't go by bike. I have to use a car. And I think that's really very true. Yeah, exactly right. The zero excuses bicycle. That's a great way to put it. Have there been any big surprises, either things that were much harder than you imagined they would be or things that were easier? Yeah. So I had a vision of what it was going to be like. And and I've had this vision for a long time. Even before Steph thought about it or, or said, hey, let's get rid of bikes, I would, I would just imagine Steph and I with all of our kids riding down some of these beautiful bike trails that are in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In my vision, it was all just really easy and smooth, right? And it has not been easy and smooth. <laughs> we, we have to schedule a lot more time to get to a particular location, right? And so just all of the little things that you have to adjust to, I think that's been kind of the, uh, the biggest, biggest change. And what do you think is going to happen come March when 
you reach the one-year mark. Do you have plans to keep going or to sit down and reevaluate at that point? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know, at the, at the start of the winter, uh, we kind of thought about how things were going. And we were like, you know what? As soon as we turn over 365 days, we are done. We're going to go out and purchase a super fancy minivan. And we're going to be going, you know, we'll just kind of look back with fondness at this bike year, but certainly never do that again. Mm -hmm. And now we're about midway through the winter. And Steph was sitting next to me on the couch last night. And we were looking at bicycles. <laughs> and, and Steph said, hey, why don't you check out the Urban Arrow, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with this bicycle, but I am. Yes. Yeah. It's got like the bucket in front. And it's an electric assist and it's super fancy. And Steph was like, we could just get this one if we, if we didn't get a minivan. And I closed the computer and I said, Steph, what are you talking about? Are we, what's, uh, are we reevaluating when we're going to, when we're going to stop this bike year? Let me tell you, if we kept on going, it would thrill me to no end. I kind of like not having a car. It sounds weird to say it that way because it sounds like not having a car is a benefit. And mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, it's completely not a benefit, right? Because if you want to go somewhere that's 50 miles away, you have to be like, well, maybe we should reevaluate whether we go there or not, because it's, it's kind of hard to, to truck 50 miles on a bicycle. But on, on the other side, it is a benefit because, you know, you are forced to be a little more planful or spend some more time in the open air and, and pedaling away on a bicycle. And that's something I, I truly enjoy is being outside and, and pedaling on a bicycle. Even when the weather's just sloppy and lousy like it, like it is outside today, I, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's an experience. And, you know, for example, like today, if I had a car, then uh, I would have just driven Brent to soccer practice. I never would have thought of riding a bicycle. I mean, never. And it was just a really fun time. We're just having a blast going down these uh, this snow-covered side streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So if we had a car, I never would have had that experience. Never would have had it. And it's, it's one of the experiences that I enjoy. Well, we'll have to check back in this time next year and see where you guys ended <laughs> up with that. My experience definitely is that once people get started, it, it is self-reinforcing and that I think what you said about that you really enjoy not having a car, I think that's something that a lot of listeners can relate to and have experienced as well, that it seems strange in our society maybe, but once you're doing it, the simplification and then those joys that come from it and come out of the experience are really hard to quantify and are something really special. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, one, one of the, the differences between Steph and I, both of us have these great dreams of, of fun things to do. And Steph will go about it in a very methodical way. And I will just kind of jump in. I'll just kind of, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so I guess this bike year has been a combination of both, right? So when Steph was like, hey, we could get rid of our car, I was like on Craigslist to see how much we could sell our car for. That was like right there. I was like, great. What time is it now? I bet I can get rid of this car by, by the afternoon. And then Steph was, was checking out, okay, what bike should we get? How should we do this? How should we do that? And so it's, uh, it's good teamwork. Yeah, it sounds like a good balance between the two of you. Yeah. Well, one thing that I had seen on your blog was some of the systems that you've put in place to make cycling in the winter work. Yeah. One of the 
challenges of a long tail in cold weather, which my family has experienced, is that it doesn't have a cover right. the way a lot of front-loading cargo bikes do to keep the kids yeah. warmer and protected from the elements. I would love for you to describe what you guys have come up with to make it work in a very cold location. Well, I will do my very best to describe it on the telephone here. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll link to the blog post so people can get a visual as well. So uh, so we built a tent <laughs> that goes that goes over the the back side of the of the long tail portion of the bicycle. And so the bike that we have is the spicy curry. And so uh Yuba, they put a whole bunch of attachment points where you could attach things onto the back end of this bicycle. And so what Steph and I did is we used all of those attachment points and built a frame out of hex like this blue piping but it's used for plumbing and so it's sort of flexible and sort of stiff and so what that means is you can actually bend it and then it will generally hold its shape and so what what we did is we just kind of built this frame and we made it big enough so that even steph or i could sit inside it's not a small thing and then we had an old rain fly to a tent and we lost the tent and so we, we just cut the rain fly up and then formed the walls. And then Steph went out and got really thick, clear plastic. And so we made kind of a sunroof for the tent and then some windows. And then we don't own a sewing machine or any facility with sewing whatsoever. I mean, like, I think that sewing involves red, but I'm not sure. Um, like we, 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 we are not geniuses when it comes to sewing. And so what we did is we just duct taped it together. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, one, one side of the door kind of flaps open. And so we have these bungee cords that kind of bungee the door shut, but we used black duct tape. So it does look real professional <laughs> several times. And it's happened to me. And then Steph has also recounted to me that we'll be riding bikes uh, down the street and someone will be like, wow, where did you buy that awesome bike tent? Mm -hmm. And, and I, there's just no way that I could imagine that someone would look at this and think, oh, they bought that, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, can, I cannot imagine that anyone would think that. But Steph and I, we just nod knowingly and we're just like, yes, yes, no, you believe it or not, we made this. It was, it's, it was a lot of fun putting it together. Yeah, it's a great solution. I wish that the companies themselves created something similar that people could purchase, because I think there's a real need for that, that lots of people want to cycle in less than ideal conditions. So hopefully, yeah, that will be something that comes on the market if, if everybody is not as proficient as you guys at creating a uh, rainfly duct-taped fabric solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Yuba... They've actually sent us some emails and they're like, hey, we're really excited about this tent that you made in the back. You know, our engineering department is getting pretty thrilled about that. So I don't know, maybe in the future they come out with something. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, I have a question for you. Sure. So as I was reading uh, just a little bit of your blog, it seems that, that you do bike camping. Is that something that you do? Yes, I have gone bike camping a few times. So yeah. we have, I would say, as a family, a family of four, we've gone twice. And then my husband has gone with my son once in addition to that. What's your family's experience with bike camping? Yeah, well, we just discovered that this past year, that was like another one of the great benefits of going without a car is that we enjoy camping 
So we're like, well, hey, let's just pull it together and do some bicycle camping. And what a blast. It's just a ton of fun. I mean, uh, getting there is an adventure. And then you have an adventure while you're camping. And then cruising home is an adventure. So it's totally, totally a lot of fun. It really is. And it's one of those things where I would have thought before, oh, camping something I need to rent a car for. Right. It was seeing other people who were taking these bike camping trips that it made me, it expanded my idea of what was possible. And oh, yeah, there are other solutions and other ways to make that happen. And it's really fun. So that was a, a great discovery we've made in the last few years. Exactly right. And then also, when Steph and I were first thinking about this, we were trying to figure out how far our kids could independently ride a bicycle. Mm -hmm. And so with the cargo bike, we realized that if we got to the point that Grant and Darcy couldn't ride a bike anymore, then we could easily just throw their bike on the back of the cargo bike and then have them hop on the back of the cargo bike and we'd still be cool. And so all of a sudden the radius where we could go went from like five miles to like 30 miles or 40 miles. And so that's really made uh, bike camping a lot of fun for Steph and I is because now you can, you can go really far distances. You know, I don't know, 30 miles to me seems like a really far distance. Maybe uh, to the seasoned professionals who listen to your blog, they're like, oh yeah, 30 miles is no problem at all. But for us, it was amazing. We're like, whoa, this is like 30 miles. Oh, I don't even know the last time I rode 30 miles in a day. <laughs> Living in a smaller town now, when I ride five miles, I'm like, whoo, five miles. That's pretty far for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Exactly right. Earlier, you were talking about how when you started out this project, it felt like something that was really unique. And then as you got into it, you discovered that, hey, lots of other people are doing something similar maybe not in such a defined way, but that are living car-free or car-light. What has your experience been with the family biking and car-free community in Minneapolis? Have you felt more connected to people in that through this project? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we actually have some really close friends that are, uh, they're not car-free, but they ride bikes everywhere. And, uh, and so that kind of community that, that we currently have with them is great. And then also there's a, a, just a fantastic bike shop called Perennial Cycle. And, uh, and so Perennial Cycle, they have every Saturday during the summer, they'll put together group rides and it's like family group rides. And then they go to a park and eat donuts and then ride back. And so that's a blast. And, uh, the thing about Perennial is that they don't sell normal bicycles like you can't go in there and be like hey i'd just like to buy like a 10-speed bicycle to ride around because perennial doesn't have it to sell you know they've got all weird bicycles and so having a group ride out of perennial cycle is great because it's like all types of people and all types of bicycles show up at this shop and then ride off in this procession you'll have like 20 or 30 or 40 people with bicycles that if you didn't know any better it looks like uh, you know it looks like people had invented them themselves you know because they seem so specially made for whatever that person is doing mm -hmm. it is it's awesome it's it's great having the uh, the community of, of cyclists around and then there's also like a special community of people who ride in the winter mm, yes and so you'll be trucking down the road and snow everywhere and it's sloppy and, and then 
you know, somebody will come up and you just give them a old thumbs up, tip of the hat or whatever to them. Um, just because, you know, they're, they're another guy out there that's kind of braving the, the, the cold wintry weathers. Yes. There's a special kinship there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I work from home sometimes and my office is right in the front of our house and I can kind of look out. And so I'm sitting there and I see this guy ride up. He's, he's riding the Surly Moonlander. I don't know if you know what that bicycle is, but it's one of these, uh, they're called fat bicycles with these tires that they're like car tires. I mean, these tires are fat. And he's just cruising up. And this Surly is purple. And it's got, it looks like all, like a metalized flex all in it, like a bass boat. It's like this purple bass boat, Surly Moonlander. And at the front of his bicycle, he's got this rack. And he has got, no joke, 20 headlights on this rack. And then the tail of his bicycle, he's got another rack and he's got like 20 taillights on the rack. And so I just bust out the house, run out my front door. I'm like racing down the street trying to call this guy because I have never seen a bass boat, Surly Moonlander with 20 headlights on the front and 20 taillights <laughs> in the back. <laughs> it really invites conversation that when you have these more unique bikes, I have met so many people who've just come up to me to ask about my bike or to ask about what we're doing. and. And vice versa, when I see something interesting, and I think it's this great way to to build community, and it creates this openness that you don't get when you're in a car. Right. I've really enjoyed that about my experience on bikes. I agree 100%. You know, cycling does foment conversation. It allows you to talk a lot to, a lot easier to, to other people, you know, riding the bikes. And also as an icebreaker, too. Like you get into a group of people and you, maybe you don't know them all that much. And then you can just throw it out like, hey, you know, because uh, we sold our car. And there's like 10 or 15 minutes of conversation right there as they're trying to figure it out. Love it. Well, let's move into these wrap-up questions that I ask at the end of every show. You can feel free to speak to your experience this year with no car or just anything about family biking and bike commuting in general. What have you found to be the biggest challenges? So the, the biggest challenge has been the cold, wet, and sloppy winter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. First of all, because it makes cycling sometimes quite a bit more uncomfortable because you're cold and, and you're wet sometimes. And then if you don't want to be cold and wet, you have to put on a whole bunch of extra clothes. And, and so that's you know, kind of rough and tumble as well. So that, that certainly has been the most challenging. Have you switched to public transportation at all, or have you stuck to biking all the way through? Just cycling all the way through. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I just know that some people have like a temperature cutoff. It drops below this degree, yeah. or then we'll, we'll yeah. make the switch. But public transit is more convenient some places than others, I know, too. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot more convenient in that you can stay dry and warm on the bus. But then... Sometimes it's it takes just as long or maybe longer to take a bus as opposed to taking a bicycle. Yes. And then, you know, when you're taking a bike, oftentimes you're cruising on these beautiful manicured bike paths. Mm-hmm. You know, on a bus, you're just cruising down the main thoroughfares. It's not nearly as pretty. So it is very, very nice to have public transit available. But I guess we, we mostly stick with the with the bicycle. Okay. And that actually brings me to a clarifying question I should have asked closer to the top. But when you're doing the bike year, does that mean that you are not getting into a car at all this year or just that you're not owning one? 
So have you rented a car for any reason or taken Uber or is that outside the bounds of the project? Yeah. So it's just that we don't own a car. Okay. So we've uh, rented cars and then borrowed cars. That is what I had thought. But then I thought, actually, I don't know that that's the case. So I will ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be like the next level. That'd be like a bike year version 2.0. It's like no car whatsoever. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That would be taking it to increasing the difficulty level there. <laughs> exactly right. Well, what have you found to be the biggest benefits of this experiment? Oh my gosh. There's so many benefits of, of riding a bicycle around. I guess the thing that I have enjoyed the very most is being able to spend time with staff and my family riding bikes together just all through the city of Minneapolis. There, there are so many great and fun pockets in Minneapolis that are cool, but not so cool that you'd want to ride a, drive in a car there, right? But if you're on a bicycle, then it, you can ride your bike there and it takes an hour and a half, but the entire time, it's like family time together. You're talking to each other and you're laughing about things and you're going at a pace where you can kind of see things. The entire trip is an adventure. The transportation part of, of my life, you know, getting to point A to point B, that has become a fun thing as well. Something I look forward to and of value. Like sometimes I feel like life is like slicing a tomato. And so every time you slice a tomato, like a little bit of the juice comes out. And then that juice, you don't, I mean, it just stays on the cutting board. There's no use for that juice, right? And the juice is kind of like the transportation part. You take Grant to soccer or something. And soccer's fun, but driving in the car, listening to the radio, I mean, that's really not fun. And there's no use for that time. It's just, it's just wasted and gone. And so when you're riding a bike, though, there's use for that, right? Your transportation is not just a thing you do anymore, but it's an end in itself. That is a fun thing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It absolutely does. A lot of guests have talked about that connection to the world around them and the community, but I think you're so right that it's also that connection to the people in your own family and yeah. finding ways to make these everyday things that have to happen a moment for connection as opposed to just a moment to get through. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, like they say, a moment to get through. And so being able to move transportation from the section of things that you just have to do to get by and move it into the section of things that, whoa, this is something I'm looking forward to. That's a blast. Wow, this is, this is a valuable thing in my life. That's just great. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a fundamental shift. It's a huge win. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have for listeners who are curious or interested in embarking on a similar project or really just leaving their car parked more often than they do right now? Just do it. That would be my suggestion. Jump in and go for it. You know, Steph and I, when we rode across the States, we had no idea where we were going. We started in Astoria. We were like, well, let's just head east. It seemed like a good idea. <laughs> and, uh, and so we would just ride. And then, you know, the first day we, we ended up riding 80 miles. And it was getting to be about five o'clock in the afternoon. And we were thinking, well, should, you know, what should we do? Should we find a place to camp? You know, should we get a hotel? What happens next? And then this guy, pulls up beside us in his car. And he's like, are you guys riding across the United States? And we, I mean, we're, we're like 80 miles from the coast, right? There's no way he could have guessed that we were riding across the States. And we were like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. He's like, that's awesome. Come stay at my house tonight. 
And, uh, and so we ended up staying at his house and it was just completely unplanned and it completely worked out great. That has happened so many times where you just start something and then without even sure, you know, what is going to happen next or how you're going to figure it out. And, and, and but that's cool. Just start it and then you'll figure it out. Yes. Of course, this is me speaking right here, right? If, if Steph were beside me right now, she would say, no, no, it's, it's important that you have a plan. So Steph would probably have some different advice, but that's all right, because this is me here. And my advice is if you want to just ride bikes around and, you know, not drive your car, then the best way to do that is just sell your car and just ride bikes around. And then you'll figure out the rest of it uh, piece by piece. But just get started. Just uh, just jump in and go for it. Yeah, I like what you were saying about on the trip because my experience has been similar in two ways. One, that people want to help you and that I have found being car-free that it forced me to rely on my community in a different way, but in a really rewarding way that has made me feel more plugged in and more a part of it. And then two, that it forces you to think creatively. And when you don't have options, you do figure out a way. And so that sometimes taking that leap is what you need and that you can't see the solution until you're really forced to solve it. And if there is an easier out, that that's what you will take. But if the out's no longer there, you figure out another way. Yeah, I think that's key. I mean, that right there is really, really important because a lot of times people are like, it doesn't make sense to live a harder life than you have to, right? You, why don't you just live an easy life and just drive your car everywhere? It doesn't make sense to live a harder life than you have to. Mm-hmm. But it totally does. I mean, the, the reward and payout of doing something that is harder than you thought that it was going to be, you know, or harder than it needs to be, is that you have to rely on others and that you have to kind of stretch yourself a little bit. And you have to be uncomfortable for a short periods of time. And all of those are like really important and valuable things. I mean, the good Lord has given us bodies that can run through the Arctic wilderness for like five days straight and, and, and not collapse, right? And people are like complimenting Steph and I because we ride an electric assist bike around. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like not even, it's not even on the scale of difficult, right? It's, it's, not, it's not even on the scale. But it is slightly more difficult than our lives could be. And it's been a pleasure. You know, it's just been, it's just been a lot of fun. Like you ask, well, how long do you think you'll be doing this? And now as I'm talking, I'm like, oh man, we'll never stop. We'll be riding, uh, riding bikes around forever. You know, I get all excited about it. It's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a tremendous thing. It's a blast. I'm glad you've had such a good experience with it. It's really inspiring to hear other people making it work in different scenarios. And I think it's a great outcome if at the end of the year you want to keep going. And even if you don't, I, I imagine that regardless of whether you buy a car or not, your family is going to be biking more now than you would have been if you hadn't tried this experiment. Exactly right. Well, it's also the way of the future. I think that, that Steph and I are, maybe we're doing something that not everybody's doing right now. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are, but maybe, you know, maybe we're kind of at the front end of the curve. But the curve is coming. There's this huge shift. There's this huge change that's coming. And Steph and I are just surfing at the first part of the wave. These uh, self-driving electric cars are happening. And pretty soon, nobody's going to have a car. They're just going to be like, yeah, it's, it, we just ride bikes around. This, that's what the future looks like. 
I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you let listeners know where they can find you and hear more about your family's journey? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so we have a blog called thebikeyear.com. Steph and I both write in the blog. Um, and we just kind of write about the things that are happening to us and the stories that we have. It is on like on a scale of, of one to entertaining. It's like a six, right? We're going for like a six. It's like mildly entertaining. So if you have <laughs> some time to kill, you should just hop on there and, you know, read a story or two because it, it makes me happy to see when people are reading my blog. So yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for extending the invitation and, uh, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. You can find the show notes at familypedals.com where you'll find links to Bill's blog and social media. If you enjoyed the show, I would so appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It is an easy way to support the show and help more people find it. And if you have suggestions for a guest you'd like to hear on the show, I would love to hear your ideas. You can email me, familypedals at gmail.com, or contact me via Instagram at familypedals. Next time Ben Sarazen, the founder of Yuba Bikes, will be joining me to talk about his company and love for cargo biking. I hope you'll join me then. Thank you.